Marine veteran, star of The Bachelor Show, Listen to Your Heart, and now Nashville musician Brandon Mills is coming up next on Veteran on the Move. Welcome to Veteran on the Move. If you're a veteran in transition, an entrepreneur wannabe, or someone still stuck in that J-O-B trying to escape, this podcast is dedicated to your success. And now, your host, Joe Crane. Did you know Navy Federal members earn and save more a year? An average of $289 more just by banking with Navy Federal Credit Union. When you're a Navy Federal member, the more you're in, the more you win. To learn more about all the ways you can earn and save, visit NavyFederal.org. All right, today we're talking with Brandon Mills from Brandon Mills Music. Brandon, uh, you got a real cool story. You came about uh, the music business uh, kind of a long-winded roundabout way, but before we talk about music and what you're doing these days, take us back and tell us what you did when you were in the Marine Corps. Sure. So uh, I joined in 2004, believe it or not, with my older brother. We went to boot camp together. Huh. Uh, that's a pretty unique story. We went and we both became squad leaders. And so we got our ass whooped uh, consistently every day. Uh, it was a great journey. Uh, we separated. I went up to 2-3. I became an assaultman in 0351. And I went to Afghanistan with them. Uh, our first combat mission was uh, Operation Red Wing. Uh, so most people know that through Lone Survivor. Mm-hmm. Um I got back. My brother would keep calling me. He got pulled into recon uh, as a recon baby right out of SOI. And so he called me and said, listen, bro, I'm talking to a lot of grunts. You need to be over here. And so as soon as I got back from Afghanistan, I signed up and took the INDOC, uh, signed on with uh, first reconnaissance, went through pre-BRC, BRC, eventually got through uh, scout sniper school with them. And then we deployed to Fallujah in 2007, um, did that tour, got out. And then didn't know what I was going to do, like a typical, you know, uh, veteran who had done quite a bit and and was kind of lost in the transition. So yeah. what I wound up doing is is traveling the world for almost two two three years, uh, doing nonprofit work. So I went to Africa, I worked in orphanages there. I went to the Middle East, I worked in the Palestinian refugee camps. I was thinking, I, I'm thinking, looking back, I didn't really know what I was doing. I think I was trying to serve and restore and repair what I had, what had been taken away from me and what I had taken from humanity and from, from the world. And so that took me on a crash course to, um, you know, learning how to love again, learning how to love myself, learning how to love humanity, you know, to find the good in it because I had seen so much of the evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a big restorative process. Um, I, then I took a job in Hawaii, I think out of, uh, out of a, a, a mindset of lack uh, believing that there wasn't enough for me to do music yet. So I wound up taking a private contracting gig in Hawaii. It's making six figures. I was living on the beach. I had everything I thought I had uh, as far as the American dream, you know, and I still wasn't satisfied. So I believe in a creator or, you know, infinite intelligence, whatever we want to call it. And so I was uh, praying and meditating and I said, what's going on here? I'm not really happy, but I have everything I thought I'd want. And, uh, I felt like God showed me this verse in Proverbs. It said, uh, when your hope is deferred, your heart is sick. And I just felt like, uh, we had a conversation and said, Hey man, your heart is sick. I've created you to be an artist, I've created you to be a musician specifically, and you're doing everything. But so if you want to step up, I'm going to go ahead and bless you, but I need you to take that first step and kind of like a leap of faith in, in some regards. So packed my bags, sold everything except my houses. And I moved from Hawaii, uh, living on the beach to New York city, uh, brushing elbows with every type of ethnicity and, and culture, uh, living in Manhattan. Track, yeah. 
Yeah, it was, I, I tell people it's probably the most dramatic transition you can have it, living in the same country, you know? So <laughs> it was a solid kick in the ass, man. I, uh, I called New York the boot camp of humanity. <laughs> That's great. Oh, I've never think, heard that. That's awesome. Yeah, That's man. You think you have patience until you're stuck on a subway train with like 50 strangers and, <laughs> and the lights go out and you don't know who you're talking to and who you're next to. So oh, it was man. a beautiful transition. It really helped me with my music. Um, I'm definitely an observer of humanity and, and nature in general. And I tend to put that into my music. So that was a great place to develop that skill. Uh, got a degree in audio engineering and music production. Hmm. And then I was just gigging around uh, New York and taking different, um, uh, gigs as I could see fit. I did some weddings. I did some, some things like that. Uh, but I was a little burnt out by New, uh, by New York. The energy there that's required to live there is, is a lot. And there's a, definitely a lot of sensory overload. And I, I felt like my time was done in New York. I spent five years there in Manhattan, learned a lot, loved it. Uh, still love it. Um, have a bunch of family and friends there for, for life. But, uh, I felt like my next best move was Nashville, Tennessee. So I moved here back in February. I'm sorry, I, last February, 2019. So I've been here just over a year and uh, things have just starting, starting to go right for me, starting to go well. Um, I got cast for a uh, reality TV show called Listen to Your Heart. It's part of the ba- Bachelor franchise. It's the first season they did it. Mm. I was the, uh, I joke around that I was the token veteran guy on the show. Like they needed one guy. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they picked me, but we got to date a bunch of beautiful women and perform with them. And it was an absolutely remarkable experience. We got national TV exposure and mm. uh, everything has been continually uh, progressing from there. Like I think part of the reasons that we're, we're having this conversation even today is because of the show. And so, yeah, yeah. it's just been an honor to have the struggle and the journey and I wouldn't take it any other way. Um, I feel like my, my, I'm in the music industry has been very much like the Marine Corps, you know, kind of like the, the stepchild who has to work a little bit harder than everybody else. Doesn't know exactly how to uh, navigate this, but has like the stubbornness and mm-hmm. the optimism to, yep. to continue to pursue it and push forward. Yeah. W- were you always a musician or did this come late too? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I started playing the saxophone in fourth grade uh-huh. when they sat us down in band, they like play a pick an instrument. I was like saxophone for sure. That's the sexiest one by far. <laughs> I start playing that. Uh, I get obsessed with it. I would go down to my basement for two hours a day, three hours a day and just play scales. I just loved it. Uh, fast forward in probably high school, ninth grade, uh, saxophone was no longer cool. Being in band was no longer cool. And so my ego, uh, had me drop that and pick up a bass guitar so I could be in a rock and roll band. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where all the ladies were at that time. <laughs> <laughs> and then around 16, I picked up a guitar. And once I started singing, that was it for me. Uh, once I started being able to sing with my voice, which is, I would consider my primary instrument and, uh, creating songs that I could express my emotional, um, uh, point of view, I guess. Um, that was it for me. So I did that all through high school, all through the Marine Corps. I wrote a lot of songs in Afghanistan and Iraq. I would sneak down to the chapel if we ever had time off in between missions and I would write out songs. Um, and, and that really kept me grounded. It kept me uh, hopeful. It kept me, it was a very beautiful medicine and healing art for me. And, you know, I recommend for veterans anywhere, uh, have a, have an art, uh, that is a medium for your emotional state. I think that's one of the most beneficial things somebody can do, whether it's, you know, making knives or it's painting or it doesn't matter. Just have something to have a creative outlet. It's really, really healthy. So I think that kept me alive in Afghanistan and Iraq. And I think it helped 
I, I've talked to a lot of the guys that I was served with and they said, you know, some of my best memories were, were listening to you play guitar and just sing songs in the corner of the, of the, of the hooch. So that was pretty cool. Uh, looking back, yeah. learn, learning about all that. Um, I've been doing it ever since, man. It was, it was, I always, I never had the balls to, to, to really push out and, and go for it full. I was always this passive, uh, you know, uh, hobbyists. Mm-hmm. And then after I had everything I thought I wanted, uh, the finances, the, the house on the beach, the, you know, the girls, um, I was still empty. And so I said, I'd rather go fail at do and do something that I love than, than sit by and sit back and, and just let life pass me by. Yeah. So what do you think your initial goal was or what, what were you think? what were you trying to do by making the big shift to go all in with music? Were you Yeah. Good it's like, I just need to do it and I'm going to see what happens. Or were you like, okay, I, I'm going to try to become a recording artist or was it, was there any kind yeah, of Yeah. I mean, I wanted to go full, full in, you know, I still have, have a, a optimistic hopes of, you know, being an Ed Sheeran type figure. I would love to be on a global scale and a national scale, international scale. But I think, you know what it was more than anything. It was that I don't want to live my life out in fear. I don't want to be controlled by fear. And I'm scared that I could fail at this music thing because it's in all reality, it's maybe 1% can make it successfully mm-hmm. um, on the level that, that we would consider success. Uh, and also I was, I was, and I have no, I have no judgment towards these men, but I was sitting across the table from men in their fifties uh, who had done 20 years in the military and then took this really cushion um, contracting job. And they were just, I felt like they were dead. They weren't growing. They weren't reading. They weren't exploring. They weren't conquering fears. They had become very, very stagnant and very, very complacent. And that just looked ugly to me. And I said, I don't want to be that human being. I don't want to look back. If if I look back in 30 years and I'm that person, I'm going to feel like a failure. Yeah. I had the same thought when I, when I retired from the American I'm like, I'm not, I had a little bit different scenario. I I did have a, a job I'd been furloughed from after September 11th to go back to. So I had that option, but I just remember saying, there's no way I'm doing the defense contractor thing. I can't, I I do not want to be around it. It, Nothing. I just, I just had other, you know, entrepreneurial desires and pursuits. Um, and I felt like I, I felt like if I went into that, I would have been in the same boat. I just would have been dead inside and I would have quit growing and no great steady paycheck all the time, but you know, no, you know, no upward mobility, no, you know, opportunity for growth or anything like that. So I can tell totally you that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're about the midway point. So we're going to take a quick break. Um, Sounds good. Sponsorship break. We'll be right back. And um, when we come back, we're, I'm going to start getting into the, uh, you know, the entrepreneurial aspect, aspects of be- becoming a musician and promotion, marketing, networking, and sure. how all that worked for you. And, uh, you know, what being in the Marine Corps did to, to help you with that. So we'll be right back. Navy Federal members earn and save more a year, an average of $289 more just by banking with Navy Federal Credit Union. Here's how. Members can choose products with low or no fees like one of our free checking accounts. Navy Federal Credit Union's average credit card APR is 3% lower than the industry average. Members earn up to two times more with a Navy Federal savings account thanks to savings rates that are twice the industry average. Navy Federal also helps members save on their next new or used auto loan with great low rates. So if you're looking for a car, whether it's your first car or your dream car, Navy Federal is there to guide you into finding a comfortable monthly payment you can afford. Plus, they have military discounts. 
Apply online or via their mobile app and get a decision in seconds. When you're a Navy Federal member, the more you're in, the more you win. To learn more about the ways to earn and save, visit NavyFederal.org. Insured by NCUA. Dollar value is based on 2018 study by Navy Federal. Messages and data rates may apply. Visit NavyFederal.org for more information. Whether you're launching your first business, scaling your current business, or in need of extra support to complete a project, Fiverr's global network of on-demand freelance talent is here to help. We've used Fiverr for years in our Amazon business, and certain parts of this podcast are done by people we've hired on Fiverr. You can find what you're looking for instantly. It's easy. Customize your search by service, deadline, price, seller reviews, and more. No more guessing games. You'll know exactly what you're paying for up front. No negotiating needed. And you can get 24-7 customer service. Fiverr provides a network of quality talent you can count on. Freelancers have worked with some of the most influential brands in the world. Find freelancers that are ready when you are. Fiverr's platform is flexible enough to accommodate and manage the ebb and flow of business. Check out Fiverr.com and receive 10% off your first order by using my code VETERAN. Find all the digital services you need in one place at F-I-V-E-R-R.com. Use my code VETERAN. Again, that's Fiverr.com, code VETERAN. Okay, we're back talking with Brandon Mills from Brandon Mills Music. So before the break, Brandon, we were, we were discussing uh, um, everything you've done up to this point and, and how you've, you're, you're finally in Nashville. You've been there for a little over a year. I want to talk mm-hmm. a little about the entrepreneurial aspect, aspects of becoming a entrepreneur um, in the form of a musician. So what are some of the things, and t- tie, tie that in a little bit with some of the skill sets you learned with dealing with people in the Marine Corps, uh, mission accomplishment, stick-to-itiveness, and those kinds of things, and how your experience as a veteran has helped or hindered you, uh, you know, making, a, making your way into the music industry. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think, first of all, the biggest takeaway from the military for me, Marine Corps specifically, was just being tenacious, being self-disciplined, and being, I, I call myself stubborn in hope. I'm still hopeful. It, it sounds almost impossible to make it in the music industry, but it's not. Um, it requires building the right team, uh, preparation, communication. These are things that I've implemented within the studio aspect. Studios are expensive, you know, uh, unless you're doing it in your basement, which which I'm not. Um, I'm doing it with a, a group of highly skilled individuals. And so I kind of take command of the situation. I make sure that everybody knows their part. I make sure that we communicate effectively. Um, I went to school for audio engineering and music production. And so that was a beautiful uh, opportunity to learn the language. So basically the recording artist and the engineer are kind of usually speaking two different languages. Mm-hmm. And so being able to have effective communication in the studio and get your point across when the, you know, the mic is, is recording or you're doing another take and uh, having that communication is really, really beautiful. And that's something that I've, I developed in the Marine Corps. Uh, the tenacity for sure. Um, another thing for that, that was a huge victory for me. Uh, I've just started reading Jim Quick's book called Limitless and he talks about getting rid of negative self-talk. And that's something that I've struggled with a lot in my life. And I think that's something, for whatever reason, the, the military, because of pure accountability, maybe we're sometimes too hard on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, learning to love yourself, learning to give yourself grace, uh, compassion, empathy, and just continuing to grind it out, um, knowing that if you're not comparing yourself to anybody else, if you're only comparing yourself to who you were yesterday, then you can know how to, how to evolve and how to progress. Um, I think that's been some of the biggest victories for me. That's great. So like some of the people you're currently working with or, or may have worked with in the recent past has, has, have any of them said, um, 
Because when you started talking about, I, I come in, I take control of the situation. Basically, it's like, oh, he's a fire team leader here. Here he goes. Right. Like, if you had any of the guys, you know, women, to get people you're working with sure. um, in, the, in the music industry, like, key in on the fact that, yeah, I can tell you're a Marine. I can tell you're a military guy. And, like, in a positive way. Definitely. Yeah. I've had a lot of people tell me, like, wow, man, you're a very, like, consistent and concise uh uh, communicator, which is something I value, which mm-hmm. is something that you learn in the military. Like every word counts, every, you know, direction matters and timeliness, clear and concise communication is absolutely effective. Brevity. Um, brevity. Exactly. And I think, I think also being confident enough to take charge is something weird. About, I don't want to diss musicians. There's something weird about some musicians that are kind of, um, they take a step back. They don't know how to be authoritative. I'm not saying that that's always the case, but it can be. I went. To, I also went to school when I was like 28. Most of the kids were 21, 22. They were still getting their their feet underneath them and their confidence. Mm-hmm. But uh, being authoritative with love and respect always, and building that team of people who know how to listen and know how to communicate effectively. Um, people have definitely noticed, and they've they've appreciated. It. I think it surprised a lot of people. I, I look a lot younger than I have, and nobody really mm-hmm. thinks I'm a recon scout sniper because mm-hmm. uh, I don't really carry myself that way. But yeah, it's been it's been highly effective to have all of these skill sets that I learned as a 19 year old man and bring that into the into the music industry. Absolutely. All right, cool. So, um, what are some of the what are some of the breakthrough moments you've had since, since you started, whether it be since you came to Nashville or when you finally, when you moved to New York, like what are some of those break free moments? Like, Oh, we, we, we landed a big gig or yeah. I landed a big record contract or those kinds of things. Sure. Sure. So uh, I would say the first small victories I would get was in, in New York. I was uh, this goes back to maybe the, the uh, tenacity of a, of a Marine. I would just walk door to door in Manhattan and, and uh, go to businesses and bars. Like, do you guys have live music? If you do, how do I get booked? If you don't, why not? And can I, can I bring something in? I'll bring in the whole PA system. I'll set it up. I'll bring in a bunch of people that want to drink beers and, and, and spend some money. And so with my ability to do that, I wound up booking gigs regularly throughout Manhattan, which is a really busy competitive marketplace. Um, That led up to, I've started, I started uh, performing in a, Hyatt in Times Square, which is just pure chaos. And they were doing, this was a, I did a bunch of soft openings for them when they finally wanted to do their grand opening. Mm -hmm. They invited Jason Derulo, who's a really famous hip hop artist, uh, Mm -hmm. millions and millions and millions of followers and streams. And they asked me to open up for him. So that was a huge victory for me. And that was strictly through me being tenacious as far as like going door to door and asking companies, do you want live music? Can I provide that? I'll do a damn good job. And um, you're, you know, your, your profits will, will, uh, benefit from all that. So yeah. Yeah, were you a country um, guy when you first ahead. moved to New York or, or were you playing different kinds of music? And yeah, I mean, it's so hard to define my genre. I would consider myself like folk pop indie, um, things like Jack Johnson or the Lumineers or Mumford and Sons, okay. uh, kind of down home stuff, uh, pop focus, but, but very much storytelling, a lot of wide open spaces in my production. I like, I like to be moved by one instrument and one, one voice, you know, mm-hmm. obviously not limited to that, but I think that's the mark of a true musician. If you can move somebody with the simplicity of all that, yeah. uh, at least that's my vibe. Um, so yeah, I was never really been country. Some people might consider me country. It's funny. These lines get so blurred with, within genres. Yeah. I think we're all borrowing from each other now. You know, I've got oh, stuff yeah. coming out. That's like, 
reggae-esque with banjo and it's been it's it's been fun being creative uh it's hard to to cut through the noise in this in this industry but um i think we're having some success at it yeah you, you see there's a lot of country music that's not even very country anymore and some people right. that's i think that's uh has attributed to the popularity of country music is because it's gone more mainstream it has a lot of pop mixed in with it that kind of thing a lot of absolutely a lot of the original country people don't like it because sounds too much like pop, that kind of thing. So yeah, I was absolutely. actually in a Mexican restaurant yesterday and I heard Mexican rap. It was, it was, <laughs> it, was it was, you know, it was in Spanish and it was, it had the Mexican kind of music theme to it. And, but it was like rap. And, and I even That's heard a couple cool. of the, I'm like, I wonder if this song's popular. And I heard a couple of the waitresses, you know, singing along with it, you know, as they walked by, yeah. so like, this must be a popular Mexican rap <laughs> song. You know, I don't know if I've ever heard Mexican rap. So yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Um, so tell us a little bit about what's going on with you these days in Nashville. Sure. Yeah. So I moved to Nashville and, uh, somebody hits me up on Instagram a few months after I moved here and they said, Hey, we're doing this TV show, national TV show about, uh, musicians, uh, single musicians who are trying to find love and trying to find maybe musical partners. Um, wound up being a bachelor franchise. I wasn't aware of it. Um, I went through a few interviews with them. I got, uh, you know what I, I jokingly say that the token veteran, uh, spot on the show, uh, came in, had a really good time with everybody, uh, learned a lot of lessons, some of the hard way, but I got to perform in front of people like Jason Mraz, Kesha, uh, Tony Braxton, Andy Grammer. It was just a dream come true. And I got to meet some of the coolest people in my life, uh, that are, I'm still friends with all of them. It was a beautiful experience and that has provided me a lot of opportunity here in Nashville. I've, I've been, uh, there's been some songwriters that now want to songwrite with me, uh, people that I would not have had opportunities to, um, get in, in contact with prior to this national attention. So I'm grateful for it all, man. Uh, we just dropped a single, let's see, uh, May 29th. So that was Friday and that's getting a lot of good airplay. Pop Wrapped did a uh, exclusive on it. We're going to drop a video in two weeks. So things are moving, man. And, and I've, I'm learning, if I could say, say it to any entrepreneur, and I'm sure most of you guys know this, but for those of you who don't, taking the small steps every day and having the discipline is what succeeds. You know, I thought foolishly for years that I was just going to get discovered. It doesn't, I mean, maybe that happens to 1% of 1%. The reality is it's the people that are grinding it out every day, making music, writing, networking, um, and just showing up and being a good human being to be a person that people want to work with. You know, yeah. that's been all of my successes have come from that. What's the name of your new single? Yeah. So it's called glistening. Um, I wrote it a few years ago when I was traveling around the world, I was living in the Palestinian refugee camps and uh, I was celibate at the time. I was really focusing on my spirituality and, uh, I came home after working a long day at the refugee camps and I was just a little burnt out, picked up my guitar and this song just flowed out of it. So uh, it's a song about love. It's a song about romance. I thought it'd be a good intro to the Bachelor Nation people that, that are now following me. And uh, I hope it resonates with veterans. Um, I'll say this too. Uh, I spent a lot of years feeling like vulnerability was weakness. And I think a lot of times the military teaches that. And the moment I started to be honest and vulnerable with myself, uh, it's unbelievable the, the response I've had, not only among all humanity, but especially within veterans, the veteran community. And so if I can encourage any entrepreneurs to just be vulnerable and authentic, okay. even at the risk of maybe being rejected, you'll be surprised how how well received you can be. Awesome. So glistening, I have to look it up. So it's already on iTunes and you can find it, you know, Spotify, whatever. 
Sure. Yeah. It's on every streaming platform that we cool. have. And uh, yeah, we'll be dropping the video in two weeks. So definitely look out for that as well. You have a music video? Yeah. Is that yeah, your yeah. first one? Uh, no, I got a few on YouTube. This is oh, really? a first cool. one that's going to be a big premiere. Oh, wow. Awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so I, I want to ask, I'm trying to figure out how I frame this question, but like, I, I think you kind of already answered it, but I want to allude to a question towards that. In your experience with, you know, making it big, uh, that kind of thing, um, you said, ah, it's not, it's not like you just one day get discovered and boom, you're, you're off and running. It's, it's that every day, it's that slow march along, um, doing the, doing the hard work every day. So I guess my question is, as you, all the musicians you've known over the years and played with and everything, and, and now you're kind of on the inside of the circle there in the Nashville <laughs> community, you, you're, you're hanging with, and you know, legit, like really good artists and, and famous musicians that are, right. good, you know, they're there, they've made it. Right. How, how many, how many people, um, how many musicians that, that you know that haven't made it, can you see a distinctive difference like in just the quality of, of like say a guitar player, for example, like, is there, sure. is there a true difference in the quality of the guitar player that you hung out with in New York? That's never going to go anywhere versus the guitar player that, you know, in Nashville, that's already big or, or, yeah, the, or that's the a singer. Great question. Is there really a distinctive difference in the quality of their music or their talent? What I'm getting at is, is it really that hard work daily grind that that allows you to make it and the, the person that just is waiting to be discovered will never be discovered? Yeah, that's such a great question, man. Um, I mean, you know what I'm saying? 100%. I yeah. think there's so many, there's so many talented musicians in the world. It's intimidating. And Nashville more than any place I've ever lived has talented musicians. You can't throw a stone without hitting somebody who wrote a billboard top 100, you know, <laughs> song uh, that they penned it. You know, yeah. there's a lot of ghostwriters out here and uh, there's a lot of talented musicians, you know, some of it's just good luck. And I think some of it, I believe in the power of manifestation. Some of it is that for me. Uh, some of it is, is being okay with maybe having duality within your career, whether you're, you know, I'm a bartender slash musician. I'm a, uh, you know, I do private security on the side as well. I do private security slash music. Um, it's being okay with that. You know, I think it's staying humble and, and being hardworking. I think the people who don't succeed are the people who bring an ego to the studio or to the stage. And that's been mm. the, the worst, uh, that I've seen is people who think they deserve that the world owes them anything. Nobody owes you anything. You go mm -hmm. and create your own destiny, your own uh, future. And, um, what I love about Nashville is that there's super humble, hardworking people here. I've met very famous people that, you know, you would know by name and, they don't act like it. They, they walk in with humility. They, mm -hmm. they walk into this songwriting session. Like I am an equal, whether I've penned a, a billboard chart topping song or not, you know? And I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a requirement to be humble here in Nashville. And it's a really beautiful thing. New York tend tended to lead with ego. And those usually were the people who didn't make it. Interesting. Yeah. So it's not that the, the talent level is not there it's everything else around it that keeps them, keeps them out. Of the yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a mindset for me. And that's the, something that I've discovered. It's all about the yeah. mindset more. Yeah, than the like, skill it, so it's kind of the same with, you know, like, you know, gr growing up and growing up playing sports when I was younger, you get into high school, college, and you know, there, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of guys that could have played in the NBA, but they self select right. out themselves or, they could have played in the NFL or they could have played baseball. 
but, but they end up self-selecting out for one reason or another. So it, I, my point is it's not, you have to have the talent, of course. Yes. But just having the talent is never going to be enough. You, Correct. It, it's all the other stuff that goes along with it that ultimately has to come together before you can really make it big. So. Absolutely, man. And it's, you know, surrounding yourself with positive people and being likable. You know, I, I went to school with 15, uh, well, there were 60 of us total audio engineering and music producer producers. Some of them were so talented and they were like 21, 22. And I took them aside like a big brother. And I said, listen, bro, you guys are so talented, but you guys are assholes. I would never <laughs> hire you. Like you could be a 10 at what you do, but if no one wants to hang out with you, you're not an effective uh, business person. You're not an effective uh, uh, coworker, right. you know, I, I'll take a guy who's an eight, but is enthusiastic, who wants to be there, who is hard charging, who, who cares, who listens, who communicates effectively. That's always going to win out. So for any young entrepreneurs that are getting up, stay humble, stay hungry, you know, but, uh, but, but be teachable, you know, don't be egotistical about anything. And, uh, and yeah, be there to serve. I think everybody, I I've, I've, I've made decisions in my life to be a servant my whole life. And they've always, always come back. Uh, I've been given more than I've ever been able to give away. If that makes sense. Awesome. Well, Hey Brandon, we're, we're about done with our time here. So I do want no to give you the last word. So one more, one more chance to promote your, your, your new single that you put out and then uh, follow that up with, if you're talking to somebody who's still in the military, think about getting out, um, whether they're looking to go run their own business, get into entrepreneurship or maybe something to do with the arts, musician, some some other you know artistic endeavor. You know what kind of things come to mind? What kind of advice would you have for them? Yeah, it's great. Uh, if you're going to do anything in the arts, I highly recommend a book called uh, "The War of Art: uh, Winning Your Inner Creative Battles" by Stephen Pressfield. That book changed my life. Mm. Um, be around right the right people. Be around positive people. There's a lot of negativity in the world. People are spewing that. Stay away from it. It's garbage. It's going to ruin you be around positive people that are doing positive things uh, and go for it. Just go for it. Uh, forget the fear. Um, pursue what you know to be in your heart, the right thing to do. And it might take a lot longer than you think. We're, we're in a generation of instant gratification. Uh, most, most things of beauty don't work that way. So continue to grind it out. And I'm here. If any, if I can help anybody, um, all of my socials are Brandon Mills music, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, on Twitter, I'm Brandon Mills Muse, M-U-S. Uh, you can go to brandonmillsmusic.com and um, I'd love to talk to anybody that needs help, man. I'm, I'm more than happy to to lend an ear and uh, try to give some wisdom if I have anything to offer. Um, yeah, finally, my my single is Glistening. It's on all streaming platforms. Um, it's, it's a song about love and hope and uh, romance and everything that I think we all want in our lives. So cool. please take, uh, take a listen and let me know what you think. All right. And cool. And we discussed this earlier. You're going to email me the MP3 of your, of your new single glistening. And when this, when this episode wraps up, I'll, I'll, I'll play the, I'll put the whole song there at the end of the episode. So anybody Perfect. wants to That's listen to kind. it, can just roll Thanks right a lot for that. doing that, Joe. Yeah, that'd be awesome, man. I'm going to look yeah, it up. Yeah, man, I appreciate too. it. Okay. Well, hey, Brandon, um, great interview. Uh, great hearing your story. And, uh, you know, we look forward to hearing your future success and uh, you know, keep on making us proud. Thanks so much, brother. I appreciate it. You bet. All right. These two Marines are Oscar Mike. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Veteran on the Move, your pathfinder to freedom. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are always greatly appreciated. So until next time, this veteran is Oscar Mike.
Here's Brandon Mills' new single, Glistening. I woke at 2 a.m. With my heart still glistening About last night with you by my side Starlight and street lamps We walk slowly Hand in hand Gentle romance The best of friends Fade back to sleep with me Dream a while as I sing About what life has in store Speak to me, my sweet one And tell me exactly what you're thinking of You've always seen me for who I am Who am I? Oh my, who am I? Oh my, who am I? Mm-hmm. And I woke in early morn with your soft cheeks upon my chest, and I feel more in love with. Every breath And with your spirit sweet Your love resonates to me Like a wave of joy yet to be released Stay back to sleep with me Dream a while as I sing About what life is Speak to me, my sweet one And tell me exactly what you're thinking of 